Yeah, go get ready. Come on. Go get your shoes. Come on. Go put your vest on. Come on. Come on. As a matter of fact, go get all your stuff. Come on! That's right. What you saying? Just say what? You better go get your head. Come on! And here's the reason He saw me up there all alone So for my sin he did atone He purchased me, I'm not my own I wanna please him Okay everybody, let's go Fred Hammond said it in the song Get your stuff together, put it in the car And let's roll on up Faith Street Up the King's Highway Welcome again to On Faith Street with Derek Steele And we're so glad to have you with us today We have a great program lined up for you today We're going to continue in our teaching On proclaiming liberty You ought to say that to yourself I am proclaiming liberty And it's a wonderful day for victory And uh, the the Bible teaches us That our victory is found uh, in our faith And we want to take you right into it But first we want to um, to uh, start off with our pack time Which is our prayer agreement and covering. So join me in prayer right now. Father God, we just thank you for your blessed presence in our midst, O God. We thank you for your word, O Lord, which teaches us all things, O God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who dwells within us, O God, and who guides us and leads us into all truth. And so, Lord, we just give you the glory and the praise right now. We ask, Lord, that you have your way in this time. Lord, that you touch somebody. Lord, that you bless somebody. Lord, that you just uh, destroy yokes and lift burdens, O Father God. Set captives free, Lord, Father God. Heal and deliver in the wonderful, precious, powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, addiction and the family. Addiction and the family. Uh, This is something that um, people are not aware of. They see it and they don't understand it. Uh, But it's the truth that we need to look at. And it is important, it is imperative that we address it as we look at bringing uh, recovery to people who are suffering from addiction. And so, um, we want to. first thing we want to talk about is the genetic trait. You know, after years of study uh, by many qualified professionals and therapists, uh, it's been rightly determined that addiction can be categorized as a family disease. Come on, talk to me, somebody. I said a family disease. And, and you can look to your right, to your left, up and down throughout your family line and probably pinpoint some areas of addiction that have arisen uh, and uh, thrived in your family. If you yourself have been struggling with addiction, alcoholism and other addictions are most certainly a disease and not totally unlike other diseases in that they were brought on by unhealthy and irresponsible behavior. Although the initial use was either stupid recreation or prescribed use, at some point there was a line crossed that slipped over into sin which after a certain point of repeated excess, the sin developed into a sickness or a dis-ease. Often this sickness becomes generational. 
uh, and is passed down from one generation to the next. What once was a practiced behavior for the parents often becomes an example and a normality for the children and can have very adverse effects for several generations down the line. Uh, much of who a person is today uh, is documented uh, that much of who a person is today is due to who their parents or their forefathers were yesterday. And uh, it's very, very um, real, this thing when, when we talk about addiction and the family. There are many ways of looking at it, many uh, uh, many scales that, that uh, describe it. We're not going to go into that detail so much uh, today, but what we want to talk about first is this genetic trait. Uh, it's a biological susceptivity, susceptibility, uh, because parents partake of certain substances and engage in certain behavior before their children are conceived. Their children may be born with a certain biological familiarity and our proclivity towards the same thing. And science and the schools of medicine have discovered that there exist definite links both biologically and psychologically in the areas of both health and behavior. The Bible reveals that certain behaviors as well as physical maladies are passed down as generational curses brought on by former generations. And, and science and the medical field uh, most definitely uh, have, have uh, signed off on this. Uh, and as you know, when you go uh, to your uh, physician uh, and, and, and to your uh, medical uh, expert, they will ask you, first of all, did your parents have high blood pressure? Did some? Did your parents have diabetes? Uh, did someone in your family have uh, this or that heart condition? They want to know what was in your parents' life so that they can understand the proclivity that may be existing in your family. And uh, that's a very real thing. But it's not uh, new to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This isn't something new to God. God declared it. Uh, himself and uh, it's a reality that we have to look at and realize in uh, <clears throat> in Exodus 34 and 7 the Lord himself said he's keeping mercy for thousands that's that's deep right there he, he starts off with the good stuff right there because we need to understand that he's keeping mercy for thousands hallelujah forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. There's the key to life right there. God is keeping mercy. He's forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Ah, but he, he closes that sentence out. He says, and that will by no means clear the guilty. Mm. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. That's Exodus 34 and 7. So we see this truth weaved into the fabric of the human experience all the way back to the sin of Adam. Uh, we see uh, examples of this in the Bible. If you look at the father of faith, uh, uh, Abraham, who's called the father of faith, he lied. And his son Isaac told the same lie when he when he was in the same situation. Genesis 21 and 3, Abraham lied about Sarah being his sister when he went to Egypt. And, uh, and uh, his sister was almost, I mean, uh, Sarah was almost taken away by Pharaoh until God warned him that, uh, that Abraham was a prophet 
and that this was Abraham's wife. And and likewise, you go to Genesis 26, Isaac did the same thing with Abimelech. Uh, uh, and he lied about Rebekah, said she was his sister. And uh, and and so um, the same thing happened. He lied out of the same kind of fear, fear that something would happen, fear that 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 uh, someone would take advantage instead of standing strong on the truth, because God is truth. Amen. Isaac's son, Jacob, deceived his brother and his father to get the blessing. What an irony. If you go to Genesis 27, 10 through 12, note what he said. My father peradventure will fill me and I shall seem to him as a deceiver and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. Because this, uh, uh, his mother had deception in her heart and she convinced him to deceive his father to get the blessing. But he said, I know a curse will come upon me and not a blessing. Well, the curse did come upon him. He did get the blessing, but he got the blessing and the curse. Now, isn't that interesting? And so he had to go through the curse before he could get that off of him and move into the blessing. And if you read the story, you find out uh, the curse followed him all the way. Finally, uh, when he when he began to get real and he wrestled with the angel, the angel wrestled him and he held on and he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me, angel. And, and the angel changed. And that's when God changed his name and told him, you're no longer Jacob, the heel grabber, but you are uh, Israel, the prince of God. Hallelujah. So God has an answer. There is an answer, but the answer is with God. There is a solution, but the solution is with God. There's healing, but the healing is in God through Christ Jesus, his son. And so we want you uh, to be very aware of this. And this is the, the ultimate of the message. I mean, this is the uh, foundation. This is uh, the main point of our message in what we're teaching through this, uh, this lesson and this series, uh, Proclaiming Liberty. Uh, we want you to understand that your salvation, your uh, healing, your deliverance is found in Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Who is God with us? Amen. You can go on and on in the Bible. Second Samuel 12, 9 through 12 uh, uh, shows where David committed adultery and ultimately committed murder. Uh, he uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba. Amen. And then had her husband killed on the front lines of the war. And, uh, and then you go on in second Samuel 13, 14 through 16, David's son Amnon rapes his own sister Tamar. Then you go on and find out that, uh, Absalom eventually gets revenge and murders Amnon and it's a whole mess. And then he has, has, uh, uh, two sons, Absalom, as well as, uh, uh, Abinijah. I can't call his name now. Um, uh, but but two sons who sought to take the kingdom, amen. Uh, Absalom tried to take it from David and the other son tried to take it from Solomon. And so there was all kinds of confusion and, 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 and trouble in the house. Uh, curses then can come from sinful acts, people, as well. Amen. They come from sinful acts of the fathers unto the children. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, they come from the words of people in authority, such as fathers or guardians or people close. Uh, so we see that curses come from sin and that they can affect generations. Uh, curses, however, are breakable 
and must be broken. So don't miss that point. Amen. Curses are breakable and must be broken. Amen. In the name of Jesus, you can break every curse. Although the curse of sin came from Satan's influence, it was God who pronounced the first curses upon man in this world. Why? It is because in the realm of life, curses and blessings are automatic. It is automatic that sin reaps death, but Jesus reaped it for us, so we are free from it. Likewise, Christ took the curse and thereby all curses for us when he died at Calvary. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Christ took the curse. Therefore, all curses uh, uh, were taken by him for us when he died at Calvary. But it's not that's not just automatic that you walk into the blessing uh, annihilating the curse. No, 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 no. You have to identify with the sacrifice at Calvary so that you can then begin to receive the blessing and be redeemed from the curse. You cannot be redeemed from the curse unless you unless you've entered into the blessing of salvation, which comes through Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law, the Bible says, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is every man that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. You can find that in Galatians 3, 13 through 14. Amen. Christ died on that tree. Amen. That all the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles and through Christ Jesus on the Gentiles and the Jews. Amen. Because if you're living in sin then you're you're blocking blessings. Amen. And you're living them with curses. Now, how do we in, enter into the grace that causes us to experience this in our lives? First, we must confess it with our mouths and believe it in our hearts that the curse is broken. We must confess, amen, that Jesus died for our sins, amen. We must confess that he's the Lord of all. We must confess, amen, that he took He took our sins upon him on that cross and that, that he broke every curse on that cross, amen, that he rose again with all power. And just as he is risen, we are risen, amen. Not only are we risen, but we shall even rise again uh, physically, but first, we're risen in our spirit. Amen. So uh, once we believe it, just as this saves us from the penalty of sin, it saves us from the power of sin. Amen. I'll say that again. This saves us from the penalty of sin, and it also saves us from the power of sin. But it only saves us when we believe it. And, and we won't believe it if we don't proclaim it. Amen. There's so many people who say they're Christians, and you hear them proclaiming everything that's, that is against what was accomplished at Calvary. And, and we've got to get our talking right so that we can continue and make our walking right. Amen. Somebody say amen. <laughs> so we must turn our back on the curse. Amen. Repent and gratefully follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is how faith embraces grace. We must proclaim our liberty. So we're to pray for God to help us live in agreement with what he has done and what he has said. Amen. And so so when we find what God has said, we need to say it. God has said he's a uh, he's a. Uh, Broken every curse in our life, amen. Uh, he's, he's transferred us uh, from uh, the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, amen. So we have light, hallelujah. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You need to say, I am the light of the world. You know, uh, this just gives me an opportunity to interject some of my testimony. Um, many of you all know me. Uh, I'm from Tallahassee. Uh, 
a product of a pastor here, prominent pastor here in Tallahassee. I was caught up in active drug addiction. My choice, a drug of choice, uh, became crack cocaine. I had problems using other uh, lesser sh- uh, strength drugs recreationally. It caused me problems. I didn't focus and do as well in school as I could have. Um, but when crack came into my life, uh, it it broke me down to the lowest denominator. And before I knew it, I was living on the streets, uh, couldn't keep a job, no place to live, uh, doing drugs every day. And, uh, and, and what I found is that, that my life was in a, a, uh, constant, uh, cycle, uh, that just went down a spiraling, uh, cycle downward. And I was living in, in a, a real, uh, uh, what you call a hell on earth, so to speak. But having been brought up in the house of God, having been brought up with the word of God, having been instilled with a sense of faith and a sense of God's power and a sense of the calling of God on my life. Somehow, I would always say this isn't, this isn't uh, where I'm going to end. Uh, I, this is just for a little while. I, I, I'm not going to be doing this forever. You know, um, I'm just doing something right now. Uh, but but I, I used to have this gnawing inside that that this fear that this could be the end. Uh, but I'll never forget. Um, I was in a in a transaction of buying drugs inside one of the clubs in Frenchtown and the police walked in and uh, and so when they came in, the drug dealer had walked away and I wasn't able to pay him. So I had the money in one hand and the drugs in the other hand. And uh, and so when the police walked up to me because they knew something was going on and they said, what's in your hand? And I said, well, which hand you mean? And by that time, I threw the drugs in my mouth. And and uh, then the police began to promptly try to choke them out of me. I eventually broke them up and swallowed them. But during that tussle, they 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 drug me out of the club and threw me up against the car, choked me. They even uh, uh, they hit me with the uh, the uh, what you call the uh, phasers. I can't call the name of it now, but. But they shocked me with it, and uh, but I, I eventually got the drugs and I swallowed them. And the rookie policeman he said, "Well, you know, I'm going to remember you, Derek Steele. Um, you know, I'm going to keep your face in the memory of my mind." And something rose up in me then that knew that I wasn't always going to be a drug addict, that I wasn't always going to be on the streets, that God somehow was going to deliver me. And I said, I said, you know what? Uh, uh, Before it's over, you and and all the world will know my face and know my name because God's not going to leave me in uh, obscurity. God's not going to leave me in depravity. God's not going to leave me. And I, I can't tell you, you know, I didn't tell you what else that policeman said. You know, he did. He called me a nigger and he he really was out of line in the way he handled me and choking me and and dealing with me. And so uh, this is real talk. And and that's what made that thing rise up in me when he when he called me a nigger. Amen. And that's the N word. And I'm saying it just as it is, because that's what it was. And uh, no, I didn't report it because I was on drugs. I was in the wrong. You know, I'll never forget that night. I was so high after t- after swallowing those drugs, I walked up to the statue where my daddy stands and I talked to him for a little while 
uh, not because I thought he was in the statue, but just it was just some comfort I found at the bus depot there. It wasn't long before the alarm went off, said, you got to leave these premises. You know, the police will be called. So I couldn't stay there either. But um, I just interjected that uh, incident so that you understand that that uh, through your proclamation, you're connecting, uh, you're declaring something more. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever's going on with you right now, you might be in active drug addiction right now. You may be on your way to get drugs. Ah, but you need to rise up and say, you know what? But God sees me. God loves me. God will help me. Amen. God's not going to leave me in this mess. Then you're going to have to rise up yourself and take some steps to get help. Moving on about addiction in the family. Family bonds. Family bonds. There's a toxicity that can develop in the household of one addicted. Oftentimes there is embarrassment, sorrow, cover up, anger, and fear that torments family members, causing them to jump and dance during every addictive episode. And, you know, as, a, as an addict, I know how I, I used to cause people in my family to jump and dance, you know, because they loved me. They hated seeing me in that situation. Uh, they, they were embarrassed that I was in that way. And they, they probably say things that would just cover up how bad my situation was. I'd call on them like I, everything was uh was falling apart and asked for money. I, I find myself in jail and needing them to come help get me out. And, and so I had them dancing. Please bring me something, you know, some money to the jail so I have some money. You know, man, can I stay at your house? All the craziness that was going on in my life was was overflowing into their lives and it was affecting them. Not only them, but their children, uh, their whole family. And, and it's a terrible thing uh, how addiction can uh, affect the family. Because you have these bonds one with another. And oftentimes uh, what's going on with one family member can also be going on with the other family member because that family member kind of influenced the other family member. And, and it can become a ball of confusion. Uh, and, and, and so delusion affects their perspective and they in turn also live a lie. So victory over these things is found in the same way by embracing God's grace through faith in his word. Somebody say, say my victory is found. By embracing God's grace through faith in his word. The Holy Spirit always leads to edifying and healthy paths. We want to remember that the Holy Spirit is going to lead you if you just call on him, if you just reach out for him. Amen. And there are three things uh, uh, that are very important when it comes to breaking these bonds and, and to getting set free. First thing I want to mention is godly counsel. It's imperative that we get godly counsel, that we we find a good pastor, our pastor or a pastor or a counselor, drug counselor, somebody that we can talk to that can give us wise advice and understanding. Uh, uh, I just want to say this. I had both. I had godly counsel, people trying to help me from the church. But it was when I went to I went to a Christian program. It didn't work for me. I wasn't ready, uh, whatever the reasons are. But when I went to this village, I was in a different place in my heart, which was a secular program. Uh, uh, but through those counselors there, uh, I, I found something that I needed because, see, I grew up with the Bible. I started preaching at 18. I, I, I have a certain handle on the Bible. I'm not an expert, uh, by no means a great scholar, but I'm a, I'm a student of the word. And, uh, and sometimes uh, having been brought up 
in the church, you think you know the word, uh, but in reality, you don't understand all the applications of the word and you need help. And sometimes you need help from people who are on the outside looking in and can bring you into some other kinds of uh, perspective. And what happened for me at this village is that the secular approach uh, of dealing with uh, just just basic things such as honesty and truth, um, uh, faithfulness and those kinds of things. uh uh, unwrapping and unraveling uh, the delusions and the covers of darkness, as the Bible calls it. Uh, but, but in secular, they call it delusions. But the Bible says it's covers of, of darkness that we have to uncover off of our life. Amen. So that we can see clearly and begin to walk in the light. And so that was very effective for me. I, I just uh, I'm so thankful to God for Disc Village uh, and the help that they gave me. And I, I'll, I'll never, uh, never uh, forget the churches that helped uh, Pastor R.B. Holmes was a big help to me during that time. I want to remember uh, uh, Pastor Danny Heberlin, who started and ran the uh, Haven of Rest Rescue Mission back then. What an awesome guy. He and his wife, Shay. I mean, what an anointing on them on how to deal with people in the street and people dealing with drug addiction. They were a great help to me. Hallelujah. And and so uh, I, I want to remember Linda Dwynell and uh and and all of the counselors from this village um and and so I just want to go on um the second thing godly associations going to have to if you're going to get set free for us to stay free and to be set free, we've got to associate with people who are going somewhere, who are free themselves, people who have, who have uh, maybe have been where we were, uh, been where we are, and are going somewhere now, and they have been set free. It's good to get with somebody who's going where you want to go. Amen. Get godly associations, people who, who are trusting in God, who are worshiping God, who are serving God. Hallelujah. People who love God. Hallelujah. People who want to share God. Hallelujah. Get godly association. Then... Thirdly, uh, get godly, get into godly service, amen. Get involved in doing something to help somebody else. Get your mind off yourself and get it on somebody else, amen. Charity, aid, moral support to others. That's what you want to be involved in. You want to be involved in, in, in realizing how, see, through, through doing this, you begin to realize how blessed you are. You're so blessed. You, you have no idea how blessed you are. There you are right now, sitting there, amen, with ears to hear. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You, you, you have ears to hear. And you have a heart beating there. Hallelujah. You got blood running warm in your veins. Hallelujah. Your mind is matriculating and, and circulating and, and anticipating and, and projecting and receiving and, and processing. Glory to God. We're blessed. And so when we look at other people who can't do these things, other people laying in the hospital, amen, other people who, who have, have all these children and they have no food and, and they've made many mistakes and, and every time they look around, they, all they see is their mistakes and you can pour love on them and let them know it's not over yet, baby. Hallelujah. God loves you. And because he loves you, I love you. And he sent me to be a blessing to you. This is important. This is important to your recovery. Amen. I said, this is important to your recovery because as you bless somebody else, you get blessed if something happens in your heart, something happens in your spirit. There's a, a flow that comes down to you for them. And then there's an overflow that's for you. Amen. Oh, you ought to shout right now because this is what I found that. And you know what? I want to share this to you, uh, with you as well, because uh, when I was in jail that last time, I knew I was a preacher. I was just a preacher in jail. And uh, God said, 
because I was preaching in jail. Every time I went to jail, the Lord used me to preach. We had we had revival. We we'd have church every night. Um, we'd fast and we we'd uh, break fast with all of us putting our canteen foods together and and sharing and having a fellowship and a praise time in jail. Well, this last time God said, the only way you're going to make it, Derek, is that you minister. Hallelujah. You know, if I don't minister, if I don't, if I don't preach, if I don't teach, if I don't witness, hallelujah, if, if I don't do what God has put in my heart to do, then he has no use for me. Hallelujah. If my shoes have holes in them and they can't protect my feet, I'm going to get rid of them. Amen. So if you don't fulfill, if you don't get involved in what God's purpose is for you, he won't need you. Amen. He wouldn't be able to use you. Amen. And, and so he'll find somebody else. He's giving you opportunity after opportunity. I heard my dad in that message we shared uh, last week. There are times when God will get tired of you because you consistently resist him. Can't keep resisting God. You've got to receive God. Amen. Because there's no greater gift. There's no greater love than the love of God through Jesus Christ. So trust is important here. Trust in God and trust in those he has sent to help you. Amen. Now, breaking curses, and I've got to hurry. My time is, is almost gone. Breaking curses and destroying yokes. Dr. Shane Lord has said that there are four kinds of generational bondages. One, psychological. These manifest in various forms of sin, learned in a family or social group. Uh, you could talk about anger, uh, temper, profanity, uh, immorality, uh, uh, porn, etc., Psychological things Curses Just as blessings can be passed down Curses also are passed down Often due to some involvement in unholy things Such as occult practices Witchcraft Voodoo Hate crimes Idolatry Once again adultery Porn and etc uh, Curses Evil spirits uh, uh, These are generational bondages Evil spirits some demons have been attached and assigned to a family line. They've been allowed in through an ancestor and have never been cast out. They're continually following the family line to destroy and to disrupt that family. Uh, fourthly, uh, generational bondages come through familiar spirits. These are demons that have become familiar with the person or family's weaknesses and attacks them in those areas, those sinful behaviors, uh, such as lying. Amen. As we saw with Abraham, uh, such as deception, as we saw with Jacob. Amen. And so so uh, these things must be broken. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Psychological. Deal with these things. Amen. We've, we've got to pinpoint them uh, uh, that, that have been been put on people through all kinds of psychological manipulation. And these are areas uh, uh, strongholds that have been developed. People, uh, uh, they they. Uh, resort to all kinds of re repressing of, of uh, feelings and and uh, and it can slump down into forms of depression. Curses, curses spoken over people, evil spirits and familiar spirits come. They've got to be cast out. Amen. They've got to be dealt with. Amen. Um, so just as many sicknesses and curses have flowed through a genetic or associative line, God has designed a new family line. 
Come on, somebody. God has, de- I said, God has defined a new family line through which flows his grace with healing and wholeness. Hallelujah. Uh, I, I love that. It says there's a stream that flows from Emmanuel veins. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a stream that flows from Emmanuel's veins that makes glad the whole city of God. Amen. Hallelujah. This line of blessing flows through the blood. And the spirit of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to his name. Just want to share with you uh, a scripture out of Jeremiah 31, 28 through 34. It says this, uh, and it shall come to pass that like as I have watched over them to pluck up and to break down and to throw down and to destroy and to afflict. So will I watch over them to build and to plant, saith the Lord. In those days they shall no more. They shall say no more. The fathers have eaten a sour grape and the children's teeth are set on edge. But everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Every man that eateth the sour grapes, his teeth shall be set on edge. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they broke Although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Hallelujah. This is the proclamation that in these last days, God will break the curse. No longer will it be because your, your parents had a sickness or your parents, uh, uh, had a curse on them Hallelujah That it will continue But he will give you the power He will begin to put his word in you Hallelujah to his name And you can break every curse And you can declare Not because of my family Not because of my parents Hallelujah Hallelujah But, but I'm walking in victory Because of the grace of God Hallelujah No longer will that curse exist in my life Hallelujah And, and, and so even now Even now And I love that about Uh uh, the addiction recovery program that I was in, what I learned there, one thing they told me was that we're not blaming anybody for your addiction. Hallelujah. I, I, they said, they're not, we, we don't blame anybody. We're not even blaming you. We're not blaming your parents, your grandparents, nobody in your family line, no influences, no uh, uh, environmental influences. Uh, but what we want to do is, is not even play the blame game. For you to recover, we want you to just take responsibility. That's, that's the important part. Take responsibility. Decide, I'm going to do something about this situation. I'm going to do what I can about this situation. I'm going to go get the counsel I need about this situation. I'm going to pray on my own about this situation. I'm going to do something and realize that if I don't reach out, I will die. 
And that's what I want to get to whoever's listening to, to us today, that, that it's up to you to reach out. There are people who are willing to help you. There are people who want to, uh, to see you succeed. They want to see you set free. I'm one of those people, amen, and, and, and God wants to see it. God has given you everything you need. Once you grab hold of Jesus Christ and get hold of the word, because see, Jesus is the word. You get the word in you and let the word be proclaimed out of your own mouth and declare your liberty. Hallelujah. And then you'll see that God is real and he loves you and that you're able to walk free of this thing. But everybody needs help. I said everybody needs help until you don't need help. Amen. We all need help sometimes. Amen. You need help riding a bike until you can ride it yourself. Isn't that right? You need help learning to drive a car until you can drive it yourself. A baby needs help walking until he begins to walk on his own. Hallelujah. Because he, he no longer trusts in mom and daddy to hold him, but now he's trusting in God to hold him. See, see, that's what we're looking at. That's what we're talking about. And even then, we every now and then need some encouragement. Praise his holy name. It's God's antidote here I want to share with you now as we close. The first thing is confess Christ. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, uh, confess him with your mouth. Believe in your heart. Amen. The next thing is desire to be free. Don't don't let this don't let this be your end. Don't let this be all there is for you. Hallelujah. Reach up for more. Amen. Reach up for better. Hallelujah. Reach up for greater. Hallelujah. God wants you to desire the greatness that he has already planned for your life. Next, ask God to deliver you. Talk to him. Tell him what you want. Ask God to deliver you. Romans 10, 13 says that. Uh, next, confess and repent. All known sins of self and your ancestors. Anything you can think of. Amen. Confess and say, Lord, uh, forgive me of everything. Hallelujah. Forgive me for, for, uh, for getting caught up in drugs. Amen. Forgive me for getting caught up in immorality. Forgive me, Lord, for, for lying. Forgive me, Lord, for whatever it is that you can think of. God will help you with the rest. Amen. You may not even remember it all, but God knows and God will help you. And the Holy Spirit will come in to your life and do a mighty work. Forgive all ancestors, anybody who's hurt you. Forgive anybody who's misused you, abused you. Forgive anyone who may have harmed you. Forsake all anger and resentments. Let it go in Jesus' name. Read Deuteronomy 5 and 9. Hallelujah. Then I want you to receive your forgiveness. Say, I receive your forgiveness, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I receive your forgiveness. Hallelujah. Embrace the Holy Spirit then. Hallelujah. Embrace the Holy Spirit. Ask for the Holy Spirit, then embrace the Holy Spirit. Next, believe and declare the word over your life daily. I said, believe and declare the word over your life daily. You need to say what the word says. Say, uh, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Amen. Say, I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. You need to say that. Amen. You need to declare that daily. Amen. When trouble comes, you need to just declare the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You need to declare your liberty. Proclaim your liberty by declaring the word of God. Hallelujah. Take authority over evil spirits in Jesus name. When you see and sense an evil spirit in your life. Take authority over it in Jesus. Just say that very word. Say, I take authority over you, spirit of, of uh, wickedness, in Jesus' name. Spirit of falsehood, I take authority over you in Jesus' name. Spirit of condemnation, I take authority over you in Jesus' name. Spirit of lust, I take authority over you in Jesus' name. And lastly, walk in newness of life. Hallelujah. 
Change old people, old places and things. Get you some new people who are doing wonderful things. Go to some new places and enjoy new things. Hallelujah. And, 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 and begin to get involved in things of God. Hallelujah. Look at the things you've been involved in and then flip the switch. If you're involved in, in the street life, get involved in the, in the work life, amen. If you're involved in, in a sinful life, get involved in the righteous life, amen. Hallelujah. Begin to move in the things of God, in newness of life. And so the last thing I want to share with you in this teaching is this victory verse out of Romans 8.31. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? That's one thing you can say to these things, uh, to the to the addiction, to the trouble, to the struggle, to the to the pain, the fear, the doubt, all of the things that are tied to it. What can we say to these things? What shall we say if God be for us? Who can be against us? Amen. He gives you an example. Paul gives you an example of what to say. If God be for us, who can be against us? But there's some other things you can say. You can say, I shall not stay in depression. Hallelujah. I shall not live in depravity. Amen. I shall not uh, remain in poverty. You, you, you shall say, let the, let the weak say I am strong. Hallelujah. You should say, I am rich. Hallelujah. You should begin to say, I am set free. He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You need to declare the word of God. Hallelujah. You shall say, I shall know the truth. And the truth has made me free, amen You need to find the word of God Hallelujah, that speaks the blessing Over God's people Because that's what this word is That's what this new covenant is with Christ Jesus It is the blessing of salvation Hallelujah Rejoice, celebrate When they, when, when they brought Jesus into Jerusalem They began to celebrate and say Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed is he who comes In the name of the Lord They were celebrating because he is the He is the salvation of all men hallelujah Jesus is our salvation he saves us from trouble he saves us from sin he saves us from death he saves us from hell he saves us from sickness he saves us from animosity he saves us from anger he saves us from fear he saves us from addiction he saves us from the pits of hell he is our savior. He is our redeemer. He is our Lord. He's our deliverer. He's Jesus Christ, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He's our God and we're his children. Hallelujah. And we walk in this same newness of life that he walks in when he got up on that third day after dying on Calvary's rugged cross. Three days later, he rose from the tomb. With all power in his hand. Hallelujah. Now he sits at the right hand of God the Father in the kingdom of our living God. Hallelujah. He's called us to sit in heavenly places with him. Oh, you ought to just be shouting right now. Glory to his name. Glory to the name of the Lord most high. Glory, glory, glory to the Lord God of hosts. Hallelujah. Blessed be his name. Blessed be the name of the Lord our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah and amen. Thank you for sharing with us. I pray somebody received that today. I believe somebody received that today. And if you haven't received and you want to receive, you want to make sure you receive, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Make sure that you're saved. Amen. Hallelujah. And everything won't look the same, but all of a sudden you'll see changes, changes in your perspective, changes in how you feel. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. So look at the things that bring you joy in Christ Jesus. Remember him. Uh, say this prayer with me. Oh, Lord Jesus, I love you. 
And I believe in you. And Lord, I want to receive you right now. So come into my life. You said call and I'm calling. Fill my life with your presence. Forgive me of every sin, oh God, and receive me as your own. I believe you died at Calvary and that you rose again the third day with all power in your hands. And therefore you paid the penalty for my sin. So forgive me, Lord. Write my name in your book of life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Use me to your glory. Change me. Turn my life around. Set me free. Then I may live for you in Jesus name I pray this prayer and I receive it and I declare it so in Jesus name amen hallelujah if you prayed that prayer then you're saved now you got to walk it out walk it out talk it out declare and proclaim your liberty this is Derek Steele on Faith Street God bless you before I go I want to say thank you to our our radio program sponsors uh, the Dream Foundation and Mr. Michael Dobson there for his graciousness and kindness towards us in supporting us and also uh, the great Dr. Joseph Camps of the Advanced Urological Institute and my own good friend Pastor Avery McKnight and the Powerhouse Church of God by Faith uh, Mr. Scott Thornton and Apogee Signs who at once I used to work for uh, when they owned the uh, Prestige Cleaners also Bishop Michael Moore and Powerhouse Church of God in Christ. Uh, I want to thank them for their gracious, kind support and over the years. He was my uh, childhood Boy Scout. Uh, he was he was our uh, our Boy Scout leader. Amen. And um, also Miss Gail Milan, Mr. Charlie Elder, uh, Mr. Tyrone Davis and Direct Auto Exchange, Attorney Harold Knowles, Pastors Richard and Andrea Letford, my great pastors and mentors and leaders whom I love so dearly. And I want to just thank everyone uh, uh, in Radio World who's been supportive of us and uh, Pastor R.B. Holmes, Pastor Robert Shelley, Pastor Mike Floyd, Pastor Ivy Williams, all who have been mentors and supporters of mine over the years and many others whom I haven't had a chance to name this time, uh, but you're on my heart. And so I just want to thank you for everything that you have done to support us over the years and to support this radio program. I also want to thank our good friend, uh, Mr. Beigler Thompson at BT Performance. Hello, I am Beigler BT Thompson, owner of BT Performance Unlimited Paint and Body Shop and Auto Repair. We want to thank you for 25 years of service in the area. We offer free diagnostics and free estimates. Insurance and walk-ins are welcome. We can make your vehicle look and run like new. We are located in the Airport Industrial Center, Call us at 575-6262. That's 575-6262. As we close out today, please remember 1 John 5 and 4, which says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. This is Derek Steele saying, So long out there. Don't stress. Be blessed. See you next week on Faith Street. You believe, huh?